Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Do you enjoy listening to Colorful Clipboard? Do you want to support us? You can do it simply by buying us a cup of coffee. Do you want exclusive resources, mini episodes? Sign up for our monthly or yearly membership on our Buy Me a Coffee page www.buymeacoffee.com backslash colorful. You can find the link in our episode description or even up in our bio. Have a wonderful day. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard and Carrie and I are going to talk to you about getting more butts in your seat. Okay, <laughs> so um, I realize that you're probably sitting here going, um, didn't I just do that? It's November. I, I really am not, you know, this is not high on my to-do list. However, um, Carrie will be the first one to tell you that there is a, there are definitely cycles of enrollment seasons. And so we'll talk a little bit about those enrollment seasons, and then we'll talk specifically about how to manage the January enrollment season. So Carrie, talk to me about the different enrollment seasons, maybe what people might need to know about the the different times of the year to enroll families. Most years, every year except for this year, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say that there are three times of the year that typically enrollment happens at childcare programs. The first one is as the new school year is starting. So that has sort of dragged on a little bit longer this year than it normally does, but it's usually July, August. Um, In some parts of the country, it might be August and September. Um, But as kids are going back to elementary school, um, their parents are like, well, I used to have three at home and it made sense for me to stay home. And now I've got one. Let's go ahead and enroll this one in preschool and then I'll make other life choices. Um, but even parents who don't have older siblings going to elementary school, for some reason, the thought process is the beginning of the traditional school year is when I should enroll my child in early childhood. Even in the infant classroom, you have a lot of enrollments that happen in that um change from summer to school year. Okay, so so what are the other two times? You said there were three. Right. So then the next time is actually in January, and it's because of parents who either made an enrollment decision that they're not happy with, or they chose to not enroll anywhere, and that they thought that they could, you know, work just fine having their child at home. They've done that for three months, and <laughs> it's not working so well. And they don't want to, they realize in November that they aren't happy, but they don't want to make a change before Thanksgiving. So in December, they start looking at programs for a January start date because they're starting a new year, new you kind of a concept. So you get a surge in January. And then the last one is at the end of the school year um, because people are looking for summer programs. Yeah, so I've also noticed with um, especially the January enrollment season that I get a fair amount of inquiries um, right around Thanksgiving um, that don't actually start until uh, January. So even though we talk about the January enrollment season, um, be prepared for tours and phone calls the week before and the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, School districts have started to incorporate that week before Thanksgiving that people have that whole week off. 
And so sometimes that sparks um, the conversation or the need. Uh, sometimes it's like all of a sudden they have the time. But it's also they're not going to commit until after January because of things like all the holidays, right? Right. So they've got... You know, the Thanksgiving. They don't want to put down a deposit. They need that money for buying, you know, Tickle Me Elmo. Or they've got, they recognize that you may be closed for two or three weeks and they don't want to pay that. Um, uh, I'm sure we could do a whole episode um, talking about, you know, parents looking at childcare as by the week instead of by the year. Um, annual income versus weekly or annual tuition versus weekly tuition. So, um, so anyway, so when we start talking about the January enrollment season, that is right now, like right now you are the first week of November. Um, this is a great time for you to evaluate your process. Uh, you know, are there things that you could streamline, um, or automate related to, um, enrolling families? Um, you might even maybe look at your rates, look at your staff again, talking to staff. Um, you know, right now we're in a situation with COVID that everybody, everything is changing for everybody. So, um, you know, I think that you will probably see a January, um, uptick. I think so. I think, I think that there are parents who have been working from home for, you know, six months and their offices are opening back up. Like my husband's office is back open. They still don't want people to work there unless they need to, to be productive. But more and more offices are opening and allowing some employees to come in and work. And January will be nine months. And so um, even people who are working from home may need to have um, some, some, some normalcy, both for their children and for their, you know, what's going on in their background. So, um, so definitely prepare for um, some January uptick. Um, but it's, again, it's worth having those conversations with current parents, uh, your most recent parents, uh, and your staff. So uh, <laughs> with enrollment seasons also comes staffing seasons. So what are things that uh, directors need to think about as they start to look at an enrollment season? What are some conversations they might want to have with their staff, Carrie? Um, you know, talking about the number of children per classroom and that those numbers are going to at some point need to increase above where they are right now. Uh, are there children who are ready to move from one classroom to another? Are there any staff who are wanting to increase their hours, reduce their hours, move to a different age group, all or even a different classroom if you have multiple classrooms in the same age group? So it's a good time to check in with staff and see who might want to make a change and what changes need to happen in their classroom. Oh, those are great ideas and suggestions. And uh, sometimes I forget about the little things like, like I do remember often to uh, ask my directors, um, you know, if there's anything they need, but I don't always give them options. And so I really liked your uh, giving them options. Do they need to increase hours, decrease hours or change classrooms or change age groups? Because uh, you really don't want your staff to be burned out. And again, I realized that uh, for some of you, you have programs who have been open through all of this and you've had um, a lot of chaos. And again, we're still talking about unknowns. Um, there's a strong possibility that, you know, we'll get back on here in January and go, well, that wasn't exactly what we were expecting. Um, but we want you to be prepared. So, uh, you know, whether it's because Kara and I were Girl Scouts and, and have been involved with Girl Scouts and, and scouting and, and be prepared mottos. And use your resources wisely. Use your, use resources, your resources wisely. 
Yes. And so we, we want you to be prepared. We want you to uh, get excited about the possibility of, of, of an enrollment season. And if you didn't already know there were three seasons, hopefully we've we've kind of brought that to you for you as kind of an education piece. Uh, so when you are thinking about enrollment, if you haven't gone back and you haven't listened to, we did some great um, enrollment podcasts earlier in the year from your script, your phone script, to your tour script, to even how to do virtual tours. Uh, so go back and look at some of those old podcasts because they're full of a lot of information that you need uh, for this January recruitment time. And think through what did and did not work in the past, you know, three, four months. Because, you know, if you weren't getting conversions on your tours that you were doing virtually or after hours, why was that? Think through what are some possible things you can do to increase what's called your conversion rate. If somebody comes through a tour and they were coming through a physical tour, they had that sense of, I need to sign up now because you hand them the paperwork and you say, so I have two openings right now in this classroom um, and I have another tour coming on Thursday. They don't have that sense of urgency perhaps with the virtual tour. How can you add that in? Can you send them, can you email them uh, an enrollment form where you have already filled out the first few lines and you've done that in a fillable PDF? You know, what can you do to help create that sense of urgency? If you enroll within 48 hours, we will waive your second month's tuition. What else can, you know, there's lots of different things you can do to create that sense of urgency that you can have in a live tour that you may not be able to have in a virtual one. So that brings up a good point that I kind of, you know, was thinking about, especially with people, you know, flipping to automated and people posting things. And it's the same thing that used to um, kind of drive me crazy with the now enrolling sign, right? So um, people have like only a couple of spaces in a classroom, but they'll have a now enrolling sign that's out that looks bedraggled. <laughs> it's like, are you always now enrolling? So um, so think about the type of messages you put out on social media or the emails that you send to people. Um, although we want, we've encouraged you to look at an automated uh, promotion or an automated system as far as getting back to people, but you also don't want to make it sound like you're desperate, right? Like we don't want lots and lots, we don't want people to get an email every month saying you still have two openings because I would like to think that that changes. Yeah. I mean, I use the example sometimes of, you know, you don't want to be the girl who can get a call at seven o'clock on Friday night for an 8 p.m. date. <laughs> right. You want to be the girl that they need to call on Tuesday, right? Because you're going to be busy by Friday. And so you don't want to be that person at your program. You don't want your program to be the one that always has openings. I don't care if you're licensed for 120 and right now you have 37 children. You can't have that feeling that you're always enrolling. It's hard on your staff. It's hard on you. And nobody wants to enroll in the program where you tell them we're licensed for 120, but right now we have 30 kids. 
nobody's going to enroll yeah. there. No. Now, if you use that, now there is a there's a way right now specifically that you can use that as a great tool because what you're licensed for and what you choose to do because of COVID could be totally different, right? So you can say, although we are licensed to 120, we are keeping our capacity below 50, you know? And so it sounds like you are less, you know, and that's an obvious, we are less than 50%. Um, and so even though that may not be your long-term plan, it is something you can use right now. So be relevant, know what's going on. Um, also make sure that you're doing your research on uh, the employers in your area, which employers are going back to work, what kind of hours. Um, we have talked in the past about diversifying your income and looking, I mean, you pay on that building 24 seven. So do you need to, to look at different shift options for uh, those people who are going back to work? You know, do you have restaurant folks? Do you have retail folks um, who might be looking for childcare where perhaps maybe they hadn't looked before because maybe they were only part-time because they had somebody who worked, uh, they had a spouse who worked full-time that perhaps all that's changed um, in the last uh, nine months. Yep. And so um, we really want to be there for... Um, you know, we want you to be there for your clients. So what are some things that they need to make sure that they hang on to say spruce up? Okay, before we do that, I think we should just take a break for a little bit of a mid roll here. Oh, okay. Yes, mid roll. And so just take a break, let your brain relax a little bit and prepare for hug a bear day. Oh, on the seventh. I think hug a bear day is a good day. I like hug a bear day. So, just you know, not a polar bear that's alive, you know, but just <laughs> hug a teddy well, bear. Saying maybe don't hug any bear that's alive. I don't know. A koala um, bear could be good. Uh, yeah, depending. And, um, and I think, you know, you can have, you know, I don't remember what day of the week that is. What day of the week is the seventh? My brain it'll is be it, it'll be it'll be on it'll be on Friday. It's actually tomorrow. Oh my gosh. So, that would be so great. Can you imagine like renting a bear suit and coming in and then letting all your kids hug you? That is some pretty serious PPE right there. That is some uh, personal protective equipment. <laughs> so I so want okay you know I'd like okay so um, too bad this isn't coming out even earlier because, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I could really invest in a bear costume for Halloween. Um, but maybe for next year. Um, I do have a banana costume. So if anybody is uh, has listened to our, our, our monkey f- monkey episodes the last few weeks, um, if, if you ever want a banana, uh, just let me know. Uh, <laughs> so because, you know, that way you can feed your monkeys appropriately. Uh, <laughs> So, um, but you know what? I love teddy bears. And so that's a great, I'm going to throw this out there just as something to think about. So when you are thinking about um, enrollment seasons, there is no reason why you can't do something a little different and a little fun. Um, We are all used to the traditional open house. Uh, We've seen open houses at elementary schools most of our lives and a lot of preschools will do them. But why not host a tea party or a teddy bear tea party? Um, specifically, or something along those lines. You can come up with one that may not feel quite so gender neutral or gender specific, um, because there were going to definitely people who are going to assume a tea party is just for the girls. But do a teddy bear party where they get to bring their favorite teddy bear uh, to the open house and have uh, things specifically for the teddy bear to do. I love themed events. 
And especially if you can run that themed event around a specific day, well, here's an awesome opportunity. Obviously, you're not going to pull it off for tomorrow, but... Well, you could... I mean, next Friday, if you're if you're really ambitious, is loosen up, lighten up day, and so you could have like a hang loose, like a Hawaiian party theme kind of thing. I don't know. I, I'm I'm down for it, but um, I think you know Universal Children's Day is on the twentieth. That gives you enough runway, right? That gives you enough runway to go in and set up a small event for International Children's Day. Well, and if you really want to be creative, because, it, um, again, another opportunity is to look for weekends. And so um, you can go look at the weekend of December 5th and 6th. December 5th might be a really fun day to, to do some activities in your program as a community open house. Um, and we used to do, um, and, and again, this year's a little different. We used to do things like, you know, fall festivals and things like that. So this could be something-ish like that, but maybe it's one or two families at a time that come through and they visit different classrooms. They get to do different things. Um, be creative. Think about it. If you are a program who's decided to look at winter holidays around the world, um, you know, December might be an awesome time because you might really, I mean, if you're one of those people who like go all out for holiday decorating, uh, this might be a great time to bring people into your program because it's, it looks very different and it's fun and it's festive. Um, you know, think about how your program looks. Um, you know, and especially if you're showing it off in December, uh, if you're showing it off in January and everything looks really tired or it's a little late on the holiday because you're one of those people who don't ever get around to taking down their Christmas decorations, uh, you, you might want to think that through. Well, so but what are things hey, that, I just had a, a memory flash. So there was a center in Northwest Hills in Austin that at least they used to. I don't know if they still do this. Every classroom in December used a different country as inspiration for how they decorated their classroom. So one classroom would be, you know, winter in Germany. And so they'd have snow and they'd have gingerbread houses and things like that. And then another one would have, you know, winter in Australia and it would be beach attire, you know, <laughs> because... Uh, it's a little warm in <laughs> Australia in December. And so all of the different, that would be a great, like, come tour our program and see what December is like around the world for kids. Oh, that's cool. That would be cool. And what's even fun, what's even more fun with that, because I wouldn't do this, like, for my program days, but, you know, all those little plug-in oily scent things, you know, you can get ones that smell like German, or like, a gingerbread and you can get those that smell like you're at the beach. Um, and you could really, uh, you know, you could, you could definitely embrace the smells, um, as well, especially if it's a, a day that you're closed, right? So it's not gonna always smell like that. Now, if you're baking gingerbread men, you know, that works too, but, um, that may not necessarily have the same effect in your beach room. Um, but just something to think about. Um, again, using all of the senses when people come in to see your program, think outside the box. And right now you can't, you don't want to be lighting candles. Um, so you can definitely, there are all kinds of sprays and mists and oils and things that you can use um, in a tour observation kind of setting. In other words, um, and because of where we currently are in COVID at the time of this taping, um, you're probably not going to be running 
40 and 50 kids and families through your program at the same time. Right. So, um, and the advantage of something like this is, is encouraging people to have to make an appointment. Um, so there's really, I mean, COVID to your, is to your advantage in something like this because you know how many people are coming, right? So you know if you've got 10 families coming or 30 families coming, um, and it can be open to current uh, families or it could be open to only to the community or to new families. And if you're doing that tour thing, like the, the you know, December around the world thing, you can schedule it in 10 minute increments. So, you know, it somebody comes to the front door and they come in and they get the spiel and then they go to the first classroom for 10 minutes and then the next classroom. And so you're rotating through. And if somebody's late, you have to, you know, you're like, well, hang on a second. We're going to have to work you in. And it again elevates you to that you have to call me on Tuesday kind of girl. You know what? I'm having more fun with this idea as the moment. So the other thing to think about is think about where your heating and air conditioning are in your building. And if you have dual systems or dual zones, because you could have the sections that are supposed to be the warmer parts of the world actually be warmer. And you could have the sections that are supposed to be the colder parts of the world be cold. Yep. Okay. So we're just, we're definitely (laughs) off on a tangent. This was not what we had thought we were going to, but But again, you can do this same type of creativity at your program, get somebody else and bounce ideas off because there is something behind synergy. You've got to create a sense of urgency and a sense of, for lack of a better term, sexiness about your program so that you're the (laughs) program that people want to enroll in. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, um, think about what skill sets your teachers have to offer. So uh, teacher skill inventory is something I always really promote before uh, the summer rolls around. You know, what are your teacher's hobbies? What are your teacher's skills? Well, even this um, December around the world, if you've got uh, families that speak different languages or come from different cultures, again, uh, incorporate that and include that in this kind of an opportunity. Right. And what what you're doing is a snapshot of what the curriculum is going to be over that that month. So don't do stuff okay. that's inauthentic. Okay. The yeah. end of that. So. <laughs> I'm done talking about that. Okay. So my other question for you, Carrie, is are there things that directors should really start to look at related to, uh, I'm going to say sprucing up. In other words, they've had a rough, we've had a rough, uh, rough nine months and we've got people coming in and it's been, uh, you know, nine months since you've had a lot of people into your program. People are calling you in November uh, you may not have looked at certain things. What are some documents or forms or things that people need to go back and, and review right now that maybe they haven't? Well, first, can we can we talk about curb appeal? Go back and listen to our curb appeal episode, please, because I have driven by some centers that are looking a little sad. And I understand that you guys don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of energy. That's what delegating is for. Well, but that's also, go listen to the one. We have one that's like, what, 10 projects under 50 bucks? Yeah. I can't remember the exact title. Um, But go listen to that one, because that one's also full of some great ideas that you can do any time of the year, inside and outside of your school. To just spruce things up a little bit. Um, As far as your forms, look at your logo. Does it need to be updated? Read over your, you know, parent handbook if you haven't had a chance. And make sure that you have updated what you're going to do if the health department says you need to be closed. You may have sent a memo out to all of your enrolled families, but did you change the handbook for any newly enrolling families so that they know what the what the deal is? 
I really think things like having a folder for your tour information to go in and printing uh, your information sheet on interesting paper. I think those things are often overlooked and people just print everything off on the standard paper that's in their printer. And that is a missed opportunity. It doesn't cost that much more money to print your information sheet on heavier stock paper or colored paper or patterned paper. Please just do it. Just make me happy and make your program more memorable. So one of the things we talked earlier about using your resources wisely. And so definitely look at um, when, you know, the next time you visit a Michael's or some sort of craft store, uh, definitely go look uh, for, for fun paper in their discount section. Uh, if you are, if you happen to be in an area, so in Austin, Texas, we have a place called Austin Creative Reuse. Uh, I have found some really cool uh, half open packets of paper. Uh, you can also ask parents. Um, if parents send out like Christmas letters or something like that, they may send out 20, but yet they got a, a, a packet of 40 sheets. So now they've got some extra sheets. Um, so it doesn't have to always be the same kind of paper. It can be based on the time of year. It can be based on what people have. Um, I have a ton of pink paper with black and white polka dots that my daughter bought because she was sure she could use it for something. Um, and we still have never used it. I would be happy... Um, and we actually did give it um, to Austin Creative Reuse, but that's the kind of item that um, you can find. Um, and sometimes you can even find them at Goodwills and, and other thrift shops. So be, be on the lookout for fun paper and make it seasonal. And if you've only got 10 pieces, print up 10 of them. So, all right. So we have um, hopefully given you some ideas and reminded you of things that you probably already knew about. But just to remind you that January is an enrollment season. And we are so excited to have spent this afternoon with you or this morning, depending on when you listen to us in your car. Um, I am going to wrap up today's call and we will um, come back and we will see you next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.